Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And here's what we've got for you this week. We're going to talk about how Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine is a case study in how narcissists can become heroes to millions around the world while they're poised to help blow up the world. We're going to look at how the mental health field professionals have been working for years to normalize pedophilia. It didn't just start this year. And we're going to get a little bit deep down, all the way down in the gutter, actually, and look at the American mothers, they call themselves trans moms, who are abusing sexually, sexually abusing their boy children and getting martyr mommy points for doing things that would have had fathers thrown in jail. Let's start with Zelensky. This comes from a Substack that I just discovered. Uh, it's a good essay. I recommend it. He calls himself the Naked Emperor, so that's what you should look for. And it's a recent article on the mental state of politicians and what we are to think about the mental state of politicians and really should we be thinking about the mental state. Uh, with a particular focus on the Ukraine's Zelensky. Oh, I just said the Ukraine. I guess I'm canceled for that now, too. Well, add it to the pile. I'm canceled for everything. Um, and, and the essay, to me, asks a question, not in these words, but it asks this question. Why are we taking a don't diagnose stance about men who have the power to cause international war and millions of deaths? Why are we afraid to ask what's going on in their minds? Let me give you a few quotes to set this up. Quote, French social psychologist Charles Rajman wrote an article in the French magazine Causé questioning the mental state of President Zelensky. Before I discuss this article, if you are triggered by the opening paragraph, then ask yourself, why shouldn't the state of any why shouldn't the mental state of any leader be examined? Let alone one who has the ability to cause a third world war. Biden, Putin, Truss, Zelensky. Once you are the leader of a powerful nation, I think it is fair game that your mental state is continually analyzed, end quote. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And and <laughs> I suppose I shouldn't ask this audience this, although, of course, there are going to be some new people and not everybody agrees, and maybe we even have some hate fans now. Hey, hate fans, how you doing? Um, are you triggered by that? Are you triggered by the idea that we should be questioning the mental fitness of people that we elect and put in office? And if you are, here's a question. Here's an honest question. Would you be triggered by that question if it were about a politician that you disliked? Would you feel differently about it? Be honest. I had to ask myself that question honestly about Donald Trump because I was so reactive to his mannerisms. Uh, yes, his narcissism, um, and, and it is there. He's narcissistic. He's just, uh, he's not nearly as evil as I thought he was. But I had to ask myself that question, and the answer was that a lot of the things, a great, probably the majority of things, that I felt about Donald Trump, the way he spoke, the way he gesticulated, the way... Um, that all of these things were, were especially irritating to me because I had a preconceived dislike. I had a received opinion. I had Trump derangement syndrome. So I think it's always worth asking yourself this question. Next quote from the Naked Emperor's article. And, and he's discussing in this article a lot from this French psychologist, uh, Charles Rajman. So there's going to be a lot of quotes of that. Quote, in his article, Rajman references Zelensky's speech after the annexation of four regions of Ukraine to Russia. During the speech, Zelensky called for preemptive, preemptive strikes on Russia, words which have the potential to escalate the war into nuclear mutual destruction. He also warned Russians, quote, you will be killed one by one as scapegoats, end quote, so long as Putin is in power. Rajman says the mega, megalomaniacal extremism of Zelensky, supported by Ursula von der Leyen, should be denounced. 
And now he goes on to quote directly from psychologist Charles Rajman's essay. Quote, with Putin and Orban, among others, we know who we are dealing with, and everyone can decide, according to his own vision of the world, what he thinks of their actions and intentions. But how can we not see people like Zelensky for who they are? Indeed, how can we not see this? Because we don't want to. I learned these past seven years, since I had a big change of thinking about life and politics, that people will literally deny anything. I'm included in this. I did this. We humans will deny anything, even if it is quite literally, physically, directly in front of us, that everyone in the room can see. We will deny it if we don't wish it to be true. There isn't a limit to it. There really isn't. I mean, for most people, we'll stop before we actually sound literally schizophrenic, as if we're seeing things that aren't there or, or not seeing things that are there, but it gets right up to the edge. We'll deny anything. Um, and we'll do that if it means that we can keep fooling ourselves, that the world isn't the way it really is. But especially, especially if we can keep fooling ourselves about who we are. That's really what we're trying to avoid. We don't want to look in the mirror because it hurts. We don't measure up. A lot of the time, we just don't measure up. A lot of times when we look in the mirror, we see a lot of things that, that need fixing. So humans don't like to look in mirrors. It's just how we are. Well, we do for selfies and stuff, but that's different. <laughs> Narcissism is not self-reflection or introspection. Let me give you a little more from the essay. And this is uh, Charles Rajman directly. This is his quote. One must reread Eric Fromm and his book, La Passion de Détruire, Anatomie de la Destruction, to understand these personalities who, under the guise of liberating or emancipating intentions and the fight against oppression, want to go to the end of their narcissistic will, even if it means sacrificing common humanity. In spite of the qualities that allow them access to power and to keep it, the men and women politicians are not always spared by one form or the other of neurosis or even mental illness, end quote. I would go farther because I'm me. <laughs> not always spared. <laughs> not any more spared than the rest of us and significantly less likely to be spared. Politics preferentially selects for narcissism. So it's not just that these people who occupy this elevated position of power are not any better than us. It is the case that they are likely significantly worse on the narcissistic spectrum than an average person that you pluck off the street. Okay? That it's, it's selected for. You know, <laughs> you look at this, you look at the news coverage of, of the war in Ukraine. And of course, you can't learn anything real about it because you don't know who's lying anymore. But you look at Zelensky out there. He's, his face is all over the television, all over photographs every day. He's out there wearing a costume of military fatigues. Yes, a costume. This man isn't out there fighting like his troops are. He's wearing a costume. And he's wearing it in front of a special effects green screen. I'm not making a metaphor. I'm telling you the truth seriously. He's standing in front of a backdrop of green that can be filtered out so that it looks like he's somewhere else. This is happening right in front of our faces. This is, Zelensky is a Potemkin leader who stands in front of Potemkin destruction in an actually real war where real humans are dying. This shouldn't be difficult to see, but it is difficult for a lot of people to see. It's difficult for a lot of Americans to see. All right, let's go a little deeper. Let's talk about groomerism. Groomerism, grooming children to be sexual objects, grooming them not to have any sexual boundaries. This has been a word that's been on everyone's lips this past year. It'll get you banned on Twitter now because you can't call the pedophiles pedophiles. You can't call the abusers abusers. Because that's the abuse. That's abusive. 
But it didn't start this year, and it didn't start last year, and it didn't start the year before. It's been going on for quite a long time. If I had to pick a date, I would say the more conscious and less hidden grooming of children by school teachers, by queer activists, probably started around 2013. I think that's when I started to really notice a little bit more brazenness. Other people may see it differently. Um, but it, it seems to me that there's been at least 10 years of ratcheting up propaganda. Some children are born in the wrong body. Some children are so distressed by the wrong body that they're born into that they really do need, they have a medical need to be mutilated. They need their penises cut off. They need their breasts cut off. They must have this or they will die. And how will they die? Because they'll kill themselves, right? Okay, right. There's a, there's a different goal here. There's, there's usually a goal underneath the stated goals. And I think that for a lot of these people, the real goal is getting, to, getting society to the place where you, you, Mr. and Mrs. America, normal people, you agree that children are able to consent to sex. That's what they're trying to get you to. That's what you're being nudged toward. Are you aware of that? Please be aware of it because they're pushing you along that path. Love has no age, right? Age is just a number. Let's go back just two years, only two years. Let's look at the most mainstream publication in the field of psychology in America, Psychology Today. No, I'm not holding it up. It's not a journal. It's not a scientific journal. I, I'm aware of that. You don't need to, to, to correct me on that. I know that. It's a popular magazine. It's very widely read. Take a look at your screen. Here's their headline. This is, this is an article from two years ago. Is Twitter wrongly enforcing its own rule on child protection? Subhead. Social media site bans support group despite no breach of the rules. Well, that sounds bad, right? Support group? You want to ban a support group? What kind of support group is it? This kind. Quote. Around two years ago, social media giant Twitter amended its terms of service to make an explicit allowance for the discussion of sexual attractions toward children, provided that such discussion does not seek to increase the incidence of child sexual abuse or encourage people to commit sexual offenses against children. Wink, wink. <laughs> who, who buys this? mind. Lots of people buy it. Lots of people buy it. This change to the terms of service followed months of debate about the presence of individuals with a sexual attraction to children or minor attracted persons, MAPs, openly stating their attraction patterns and ages of attraction on the platform. Minor attracted persons, MAPs. Sounds so bland, doesn't it? Not like molester. Not like child rapist, not like kitty fiddler, not like nonce or pervert or monster. Just a map, just a minor attracted person. This is person first. These are people. Let's humanize them. I refuse to recognize the distinction that they want to make. These people are very keen to make a distinction between what they call non-offending pedophiles, those who don't allegedly ever touch children, very keen for you to care about this distinction, too. Uh, as, as soon as you are caught not distinguishing, the they'll stop. It's a record scratch. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a huge difference between an active pedophile and a non-offending pedophile. Don't participate in any of this. It is nothing but a distraction game to get you to close your eyes to what these people are doing. It's bullshit. Don't engage it. No, don't steel man their argument. This is not an opponent that you need to play fair with. These are perverts, okay? Done. Next topic. <laughs> I refuse to recognize this distinction. I refuse. Next quote. This is written by the guy who wrote this article for Psychology Today. I was a signatory of a letter initiated by the child protection organization Prostasia Foundation. Breaking away from the quote, look up the Prostasia Foundation. It's for pedos. Oh, non-offending pedophiles. It's a, it's a child protection organization. How is child protection furthered by making a 
community for allegedly not offending pedophiles. What do these people have to say or do with regard to the application of child protection? And if you're taking a minute to come up with an answer for that, that's because there is no answer to it except the one you know. What do you think they're in it for? Duh! <laughs> Let me give you the full quote. I was a signatory of a letter initiated by the Child Protection Organization, Prestasia Foundation, alongside other experts in the prevention of child sexual abuse and sexual offending more generally, who called for such a change to Twitter rules as the current best thinking in the field is that having a place online to connect to other maps reduces loneliness and social isolation and therefore reduces the temptation to use the Internet to act out on such sexual attractions. That's psychology today. So, Prostasia is not PERVs, it's a child protection group, it's just an advocacy organization. Get out of my face. And the current best thinking in the field, best practices, um, these are probably also learnings. Learnings are the new special ones that are better than those stupid old lessons we used to learn. We've got learnings now. Is this the science too? Is this the best science in the field? And what field? Molester boosterism? What's the field? So we are to understand that it's loneliness and social isolation that causes child molesters to rape children. Okay. Okay. Somehow I managed not to put my hand down a child's pants even though I'm lonely and isolated almost every day. <laughs> I must be the outlier though. And then he talks about how Twitter suspended what he calls prominent members of the map Community. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing it that way forever from now on. He calls this a strange decision. The map community. Bland, not scary. Wholesome, isn't it? It's wholesome. Sounds wholesome. This is deliberate. It's a choice. This is the country's most mainstream psychology magazine. That is how deep it goes. And I'm going to end this segment going a little deeper. And then when we come back on the other side, we're gonna go deeper still. Some of the stuff that I'm gonna show you, I don't do trigger warnings, but some of the stuff I'm gonna share with you is disturbing. I want you to know that. So a woman named Julia Mason, she's a medical doctor. Uh, she's on Twitter. She has been reporting for years on this problem in her field, the acceptance of pedophilia, the uncritical acceptance of the idea of transgender children and, and, and putting them on a carousel of medications that stunt their growth or make them sterile. Well, she's been reporting on the 2022 conference of the American Academy of Pediatrics. And you may remember the AAP from a segment we did, oh, many, many months ago, where we showed that this apparently premier professional organization for childhood, for child doctors, took off their website during COVID in order to support their we must mask the children. They literally memory hold their own research and articles that showed how crucial it was for young children to see lips moving and to see facial expressions in order to get language acquisition. The rest of us stupid non-credentialed dummies who don't have PhDs all knew this, but these guys had to pretend that all of a sudden that never existed and they never endorsed it. That's the AAP, so it should not surprise you to see what you're about to see. Um, this is what Julia Mason, she attended this conference and she filmed a bit of it and we're going to see it and this is what she had to say about it. The AAP 2022 conference had nothing about gatekeeping access to powerful controlled substances with irreversible effects. It was all affirmation and celebration. So she shot this video of speaker and pediatrician Mariska L Marissa Ladinsky, who runs the gender clinic at the University of Alabama. And I'm going to stop there. Did you hear what I just said? Did that go ding, ding, ding in your head? The gender clinic at the University of Alabama. If you believe that there is a spot in the United States that is, quote, red enough, or if you're still stuck in bigot mode, hick enough, that this stuff won't fly, you're wrong. It's everywhere. It's in the Deep South, too. It's in fundamentalist Christian churches. Woke and trans are a universal philosophical solvent. Let's roll this clip, please, Kevin. Listen to what Ladinsky says. And in the final days of 2014, 
a local 16-year-old young lady, Lila Elkhorn, of trans experience, stepped boldly in front of a tractor trailer ending her life. Her suicide note, written to post on social media about an hour after her death, went viral, literally, around the world. Now, Lila was not my patient, but I took care of hundreds of her classmates at Kings Mills High School. But each day on the way to work, I passed that spot where this teen boldly ended her life, pleading for Leela Alcorn, you heard about this a couple of years ago. This was a young man, not a young lady, like she says, a young man who called himself a girl, a very troubled young man who killed himself. 16-year-old boy. Apparently, his parents wouldn't affirm his gender. So, of course, they were blamed by everyone in the public and the media for his death. His parents were directly and cruelly blamed for his suicide. No one had a problem saying it. It was perfectly fine. The cruelest possible thing that you could do to a parent who has a child who kills himself, and people did it. They loved it. They lapped it up. They rolled around like pigs in the cruelty of it. Listen to her. Stepped boldly in front of a tractor trailer, ending her life. And yes, I am making fun of her breathy voice. Yes, she is affecting a breathy, almost sexy and sultry voice. Yes, this is a manipulation tactic she's using. Stepped boldly in front of a tractor trailer? Well, how righteous, how bold, how fresh, how girl boss. Psychopath. Her suicide note, written for social media to post an hour after her death. She says this approvingly like it's normal. Then she says it went viral. Literally, it went viral. Do you hear the glee? This is breaking every single guideline. From mental health experts, people who have counseled the suicidal, press associations, the guideline is don't glorify suicide. Don't report on the gory details. Don't publish the note because it is actually contagious. We see it every time. You will always find a cluster of suicides around a widely reported suicide. This is just human behavior. She doesn't give a shit. She knows this. She Remember, she is a psychologist. She knows this. And yet she is consciously choosing to describe Leela Alcorn, Joshua Alcorn, actually, as bold, stepping boldly in front of a tractor trailer. These people want your children crippled or dead. Understand that. Accept it right now. Got to go to a break, but I want to remind you, please subscribe to us on audio as well. I love it if you watch us on video like on Odyssey or Rumble or YouTube. But you can take us in the car. You can take me steam mopping. You can take me for a run. We have a couple of listeners who say they like to listen to the show while they're running because it gets their blood pumping, gets them really angry and motivates them to finish their workout. We are on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, Pandora, anywhere that you get quality audio content. Ask for disaffected. All right, we'll see you after the break. The days of disaffected on Twitter are over, but you can still follow and interact with us on several alternative social media platforms. Find us on Getter at DisaffectedPod. Follow us on Truth Social at Disaffected. You can also find us on Parlor at DisaffectedPod. There's a new perk for disaffected subscribers, and it's a good one. Patreon and Subscribestar donors, as well as PayPal donors, now have instant access to our backstage Discord server. Join multiple topic-based chat rooms and 24-7 open voice chat, and even virtual events on a main stage for hosted conversations and backstage podcast recording sessions. It's not Twitter, and you don't have to pretend Bruce Jenner's vagina is real. Sign up today. Well, we all know it won't last long, but let's have a little fun while we still can. Follow our TikTok account and get neck deep in the insanity with us. You can find us on TikTok as DisaffectedP.
have a trans daughter, there are threats against her life. Just her existence as a human being, there are people that want to annihilate her and people like her. The level of hatred, as if we haven't learned from fascism, like we haven't learned what, what the result of that is. The extermination of human beings, that is terrifying. So, Jamie Lee Curtis is scared, and uh, you should be too. And Jamie Lee Curtis has a voice, and she's trying to use it, and you should too. And that's how we change things, is we think about them, we learn about them, and then we use our voices to bring attention to them and to fight against them. Welcome back. What you just heard obviously was Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, maybe not obviously, because who refers to themselves in the third person like that? Narcissists. We're gonna come back to what she said specifically. But in this segment, we're gonna go back to a theme that I hit on a lot. Transgenderism in children is largely a mother's sin, not a father's sin. This is a mother's form of abuse. Sure, there are some fathers behind it. We've seen them, all of us have. I've had one or two that I've featured on the show, but only one or two, why? Because, and I'm just taking a guess here, but I think it's in the ballpark. Um, for about every 30 mothers I see um, primping and preening about their beautiful trans daughters, I see one man doing it, one, maybe. Why is that? Why do we have, why do we have the media fake crying along with these mothers who are also fake crying, happy tears of joy about their beautiful transgender daughters, which of course are their sons that they are getting ready to castrate. Why? Well, because women are wonderful. Women are wonderful and they are not capable of being anything other than wonderful when it comes to children. That's only something that bad men do. And we know this and we know it so much, we know it so much, that when we see mothers actually doing the butchery and the psychological torment right in front of us, we don't see it. That's an example of what I was talking about in the last segment. It's literally right in front of our faces. We see it, but we don't see it because we can't handle accepting the truth about the depth of depravity that is not only possible, but is becoming increasingly common among a visible minority of extremely psychiatrically disturbed mothers. These women, Jamie Lee Curtis is, is showing us one face of it. We're gonna see, we're gonna see some, some, much, some much more naked faces in this segment. But they present themselves as so loving, so expansively loving. They don't just love their children, they love all the world's children. They're making martyrs of themselves. They see themselves as the right hand, and they're sitting at the right hand of our mother Mary. This is what these women think of themselves. This is the symbology that they're trying to go for. It's a sick inversion. This isn't love or, and care, it's abuse. In fact, it's a kind of rape. Yes, rape. And in some cases, I think it's worse than rape. And I would know having been raped. So if you were going to try to pull that card on me, I'm sorry, I just took it away from you. Let's talk about what Jamie Lee Curtis actually said. I have a trans daughter. That's step one on the path to beatification. And then she says, just her existence. There are people who want to annihilate her. Not true. This is your mommy martyr fantasy, Jamie Lee. The fantasy that you indulge so that you don't have to face up to what raising your kids in Hollywood 
did to your children, what it did to your son. It reminds me of Cher, Sonny and Cher, who raised chastity in the spotlight doing the Sonny and Cher show, raised her in Hollywood, that graveyard of functional personalities. It's a cemetery of personalities. That's what Hollywood is. And turned that girl into a morbidly obese, physically wrecked facsimile of a male that everyone insists we call Chaz and pretend we believe she's a he. Notice, uh, Kevin, if you can, um, if you can put up uh, Jamie Lee, a loop of Jamie Lee, I'd like people to look at her facial expressions. Notice, I want to point out a couple things. First of all, and again, the, to preface this, no single visual indicator by itself says anything necessarily or diagnoses anything. I'm talking about correlations and probability here. Notice the butch, hard, iron gray hair. Not that there's anything wrong with that hairstyle, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything about the woman who wears it. But it happens to be true that it is a very common, very popular hairstyle for a certain type of older woman, the liberal, censorious, girl boss, older woman. Notice her jutting chin. She's talking to the camera like this. It's this. It's a sort of Mussolini quality to it. And then and, and that's, that's not Mussolini himself. I mean, this is, this is, these are the physical affects and theatrical gesticulations that are common to many narcissists. Just happens to be that we all sort of know that chin jutting pose of Mussolini. Well, she's doing the same thing. The hard mask of a facial expression that she's wearing. You know, very full of herself. She's talking about extermination of human beings. See, it's a holocaust, and she's standing between her beautiful daughter and a holocaust. Love her, worship her, pray to her. And this, this is my favorite. Quote, so... Jamie Lee Curtis is scared, and Jamie Lee Curtis has a voice, and she's trying to use it. Nobody talks like that but a friggin' narcissist. Nobody talks like that who's normal. <laughs> here, take a look here on your screen. Here are Jamie Lee Curtis and her children at the premiere of the latest Halloween installment of the Halloween franchise that she's famous for. So left to right... We've got Jamie Lee Curtis's quote-unquote daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jamie Lee Curtis's actual daughter. So we've got some dumpy schmo in a party store wig. We've got her standing there beaming and holding herself like some goddamn goddess, and her actual daughter over there posing like a tart. This is humiliating. Look at him. You can see as well as I can see how embarrassing this is, how undignified this is. And that's his fault. It's not your fault for noticing it. It's not your fault for cringing inside. Even if you cringed inside but you'd never indicate to anyone that you were cringing, don't beat yourself up for that. He's asking for it. When you make yourself look ridiculous on purpose in order to lie, when you know that people are socially compelled to lie and say that they think you're beautiful, you are asking for everything you get. This is 100% his responsibility, 0% my responsibility or your responsibility. And look at Jamie Lee Curtis Beam. Look at that smug expression on her face. This photograph, I wish I'd pulled another one up. It looks exactly like a photo from just post-war with Joan Crawford posing with Christina and Christopher in matching outfits with that smug, triumphant stance. Because that's what it is. It's the same personality. That's why it looks like that. Let's go even deeper. Let's get away from the celebrities and let's talk. Let's go into the dark and fetid places that you don't usually see, filled with people that you wouldn't expect to find in dark and fetid places, but you do. You may not know how bad it really is out there right now for children who are called transgender. 
to know what goes on behind the sort of soft focus NBC and Oprah Winfrey style specials that that would sparkle boys and tearful mommies called daughters, you have to actually get down in the sewer and swim with these sharks. So let's do it. They gather in groups on social media to support each other. Thankfully, there are a number of sane mothers who also join these groups and stay silent as moles so that they can bring us pictures of what's actually going on there. So whoever you are, thank you for what you've provided here. Take a look at this. This is a screenshot. I believe this is a Facebook group. I cannot confirm that, but it's a social media group. It's a private group. I'll read it to you. Warning. TMI, too much information, mention of sex toys and masturbation, misspelled, of course. Someone seriously needs to design some trans-female-friendly friend, trans sex toys. My almost 15-year-old daughter, assigned male at birth, expressed to me that she has been experimenting and doesn't want to stroke her penis like a cis man to pleasure herself because it brings her so much dysphoria. So, since I'm a sex-positive, open, communicative, supportive mama, I've been looking into other alternatives for her to pleasure herself with. I thought maybe a thin anal bead vibrator and a small vibrator wand, some lube, and some sex toy cleaner might be a good start. Any suggestions? She has had male puberty suppressed since she was 11 and is on estrogen since 13, so her bits have stayed pretty small. Next one. Here's a response. I've seen some wands, that is W-A-N-D-S, wands that have attachments that would wrap around her penis so the vibration is completely around it. Not sure if that would be something she'd be more comfortable with or not. Also, a vibrator that has a stronger vibration could be held against herself. This is how <laughs> this is how I get through it, okay? <laughs> because I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this in the voice of that very famous meme, how is Babby formed? How is Babby formed? <laughs> oh my god. You, you know, yes, we do need to do way in stain mothers. Absolutely. Oh my god. More. Want more? Let's go deeper. Next response. I have no suggestions, but just wanted to say how amazing you are for having this open line of communication with her. My parents would have just laughed and shamed me to death for talking openly about masturbation. You rock. No, she doesn't, and your parents were right. <laughs> I don't even believe you, because if your parents were right, you wouldn't have turned out this way. You freak. You freak. These are mothers, you guys. Mothers. Next one. Yeah, this is next level parental support. Good on you. Hope you can find something that works. I just want you to know how amazing you are. This is next level parental support. These women aren't supporting each other. They're giving each other compliments to get compliments back. This is self-esteem fishing. This is what women in groups like this do. They're using each other to rationalize what they're doing and they're doling out compliments so that they will receive compliments back. This is having an external locus of control. Their self-worth uh, and their confidence, they are outsourcing to other people. Because as sick as they are, and make no mistake, these women that we're talking about are psychiatrically disturbed. They are not just misguided. They're sick. These women are full-on cluster B. Part of them knows how evil their actions are. I, you know what? I'm going to say this because I, I can hear it right now. How do you know? See, this is what we're talking about, Josh. This is why we say you're an extremist. You're just looking at one post of someone you've never seen before in your life, and you're diagnosing her with cluster B. You're a fraud. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just making stuff up. I hear it. I know. But you know what? I'll remind you of something that um, 
a concept I've talked about on here before, Le what I call leading indicators. It is true that to figure out if, to make a good guess, a good solid guess about whether somebody is really misguided under the sway of cult-like thinking, might have a full personality disorder. In order, in order to do that, you need to observe patterns over time. You need to see how a person behaves consistently in a variety of different situations. Um, and, and again, I remind everybody, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a mental health professional. I literally do not have the, legal, the medical legal power to diagnose. I can say, I could point at every single one of you in the audience, say your name out loud and say you are a cluster B, and that still would not be an act of diagnosis because nothing I say goes in your medical chart and nobody has to listen to me because I'm not a doctor. So bracket that off as well. But there are leading indicators. There are behaviors that even misguided people, misguided but normal range people with normal range personalities won't do. This, this is sexual abuse. What you're seeing here is sexual abuse, female sexual abuse of their sons and other mothers applauding the sexual abuse and calling it love. This is not something that normal range people do. This is not hard to see. A little more. Next one. I wonder if a fleshlight would be a good idea. She wouldn't have to touch her penis at all, her penis. Listen to this. Do you know what a fleshlight is? A fleshlight is the brand name of a masturbation toy. It's a silicone sleeve. It is a literal cock socket. You stick your dick inside it and you thrust. It's a sleeve that goes around your cock. This is what they're talking about for their sons. Next one. Also, you can't go wrong with a wand massager for everyone. Next one. This is from Mama. This is her response. Oh, wow. I'll get her one of these. This looks perfect. I got her a wand already. Not sure if she likes it. Of course, she's already bought her son a vibrator. Next one. I have no suggestions, but this is great to encourage. The more she's able to orgasm before surgery, the more likely she'll be able to orgasm after surgery. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Listen to this. <laughs> Listen to this. And do you know what mom's response to this was? Exactly my mission. Don't tell me don't diagnose ever again. Listen to what I'm about to say, please, carefully and thoughtfully, please. Imagine a dad named Bob having this conversation in a social media group for fathers. Imagine him saying exactly what these women are saying, but about his daughter. How about if he bought her a vibrator? What if the other dads in the group said, yeah, that's a good idea, but I think she actually likes big black cock, so why don't you get her a really oversized one that's really dark? Have you imagined that? Okay. What would you say? What would your reaction be? Be honest. You know what it would be. This, what's going on here, is flagrant sexual abuse. No, that's not strong enough. It's a kind of rape, what these women are doing. A rape of the child's mind, and soon it will turn into an actual medical rape of his body. And that's a rape that keeps on giving. It's a rape that doesn't end. It's a rape that lasts for the rest of this kid's life. It's a rape of the trust bond between mother and child. It's evil. It's psychiatrically so extreme that I can barely believe it's happening, let alone that it's happening in public. And these are women, listeners. These are mothers. Where are the studies on mother-on-son sexual abuse? There aren't very many of them. Where's the investigation of female perversion? Where's the investigation of female paraphilia, female sexual abuse? Oh, I forgot, that never happens. You know, that really exercises the feminists, rightly, when people say that never happens when they talk about trans-identified men being in women's locker rooms and raping. Oh, no, that never happens. But they, it never happens when it comes to this stuff. Eh, no, no mother ever sexually abused her kid. It eh, never happens.
except when it does all the time and it gets talked about on social media and the cops aren't called and the cops don't show up and CPS isn't called and Facebook doesn't even close the group down. Women are wonderful, right? Especially mothers. I no longer believe with any confidence things I believed and said even just two years ago. I now suspect, I think it's highly plausible, that women have just as much capability for sexual perversion and abuse against children as men do. I can't prove that, but we have seen enough. There is enough evidence out there that this is a plausible question that demands investigation. And of course their victims would be children because they're small enough to dominate, right? Men can dominate women. Men can dominate other men who are smaller than them. Women can't do that as easily, but they can sure as shit dominate their children. I know I talk a lot on this show about what today I'm calling sin the sins of women and the sins of mother, mothers. Because I do believe that today in 2022, in our current era, it wasn't always this way and it won't always be this way, but I believe today it is. Female-style evil is ascendant today. It is socially acceptable and socially praised in a way that male-style evil no longer is. And, but talking about this runs the risk of being called a misogynist. It runs the risk of turning off many people who might otherwise be interested in what I have to say. But it is a risk I will continue to take. I have friends tell me that my tone can give the wrong impression. My tone alone will give the impression that I'm a misogynist. Maybe. But there's another side to that. Maybe it's not my tone. Maybe it's the societal belief that almost all of us share, including some of you who are listening to me right now, that women cannot be this evil. They cannot be perverse to the level that men are. To even consider that, to think of them as truly equally capable of evil, that, that itself is a sin. You thinking that is a sin. You thinking that is itself an indication of hating women. I could take the exact same tone in the exact same vocabulary I'm using. I could apply it to men, and zero women and zero men would bat an eyelash. Many of them would cheer me on, saying exactly the same thing. It's not my tone. It's not my choice of words. It's the blinders that we're all wearing. In other words, it's you, not me. General you, not specific you. I'm not calling anybody out. <laughs> but here's the other side, and this is what I want to close up for in this segment. Since leaving the left, I have met so many women I didn't even know existed, the kind of women I didn't even know existed. Women who see this the way I do, who are just as concerned about bad behavior among their sex as I am and as many men are, who say that they have been victimized by this or targeted by this behavior in the same way simply for not going along with it, not applauding it because they're expected to be on team mommy and team woman. There are so many of them out there. They're not people I met or talked to before when I was on the left because I assumed that any woman who didn't say that she was a feminist or a radical feminist must actually be a self-hating misogynist. But lo and behold, duh, I've been ignorant about a lot of stuff. I'd wager to say most women are normal, like most men. This is not the majority of women that I'm talking about here. In fact, I think there's a silent majority. I know there's a silent, at least plurality, of women who are as upset and would like to see the balance between sex-typical behaviors go back to the middle just like I would. They don't hate other women for being women. They hate their bad behavior. Just like we can hate some men for their bad behavior, but not simply because they're male. So some of you watching and listening are among those women I've met over the past couple of years, and, and I'm really glad to make your acquaintance. Anyway, coming up on a break, I want to remind you that if you want to talk with people who get it, join our Discord. All you need to do is sign up to financially support the show. We don't even ask for a lot of money. Go to patreon.com slash disaffected, subscribestar.com slash disaffected, or one-time donations on PayPal sent to the email address us at disaffected.fm. You'll get access to our Discord server. Discord is just online chat rooms. We talk about politics, 
culture, relationships, just like the show. We also talk about food. We share our hobbies. We talk about how our day is going. We've got people talking about politics in foreign countries. It is a wonderful, wonderful space where you are not going to be censored. The only rule is don't be a jerk to someone else. So we'd love to see you there. See you after the break. The days of disaffected on Twitter are over, but you can still follow and interact with us on several alternative social media platforms. Find us on Getter at DisaffectedPod. Follow us on Truth Social at Disaffected. You can also find us on Parlor at DisaffectedPod. There's a new perk for Disaffected subscribers, and it's a good one. Patreon and Subscribestar donors, as well as PayPal donors, now have instant access to our backstage Discord server. Join multiple topic-based chat rooms and 24-7 open voice chat, and even virtual events on a main stage for hosted conversations and backstage podcast recording sessions. It's not Twitter, and you don't have to pretend Bruce Jenner's vagina is real. Sign up today. Well, we all know it won't last long, but let's have a little fun while we still can. Follow our TikTok account and get neck deep in the insanity with us. You can find us on TikTok as Disaffected P. Welcome back. Do you want to talk one-on-one? I'm booking sessions. Go to joshuaslocum.net. Slocum Consulting. If you've got a problem, a cluster B type problem, mom, dad, sister, brother, co-worker, boss, church deacon, pastor, if you've got a situation that you don't know where to turn to about, I'd be happy to talk to you. I offer advice. I give you a layman's perspective, an educated, experienced layman, not a therapist. This isn't therapy. We can talk about therapy. In fact, a lot of the clients who come to me ask about whether, you know, whether they should explore therapy and if so, how to find a good therapist. We can talk about any number of things. Um, Even if you just want to run some things by me, even if you just want to chat about stuff, if you want an ear to talk to who isn't insane, I mean, I'm insane in some ways, but maybe you like the ways that I'm insane, you can book a session there. You don't have to have a particular problem. But I really do love helping people think through really difficult psychological situations in their lives because what we usually find, and I found this myself when when I got help from outside when I was floundering, there is a path forward and you can almost see it dimly, but when you talk to somebody else who can point out, here are the consequences of each decision that you have available to you, that path becomes a lot clearer. If this is something you're interested in, please book some time. Again, joshuaslocum.net. All right, for the final segment, we're going to keep going deep on this sickness. Because not only is it not just social media, not only is it not just going on, that is the transing of children um, organically, so to speak, among regular citizens, it's coming from the top. It's being legislated. But, but, but first, I'm, I'm going to do something a little cheap here. Well, it's not exactly cheap, but it's a little bit cheap. <laughs> Take a look at your screen. <laughs> this is a, um, it's not a tweet. It's not a, what do they call them on Getter? A get? <laughs> hey, did you see that get? <laughs> this is a post from the Post Millennial. Um, an MSNBC commentator told a roundtable of pundits that democracy cannot function if women aren't allowed to get abortions. portions 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 but the reason i put that up is because i I just want you to take look at the eyes look at the eyes and look at the borderline glasses don't tell me not to judge books by their covers when all these books are choosing the same cover artist to draw them every morning (laughs) let's go deeper still let's take a look well, put the picture right up, Kevin. Let's let's let him have a look. Notice the eyes. Notice the glasses. Notice the pattern. <laughs> Are borderline eyes right for you? Ask your Karen today. <laughs> this is Elizabeth 
Oh, let me do it NPR style. This is Elizabeth Guzman. Okay, I have to say it. Reporting from Caracas, I'm Mandelite Barco. <laughs> That's my NPR voice for you. This is Virginia State Delegate Elected Representative Elizabeth Guzman. I trust that you have noticed her glasses in her eyes. So what does she want? This comes to us from the Gateway Pundit website. Quote, Radical progressive Virginia Democrat Delegate Elizabeth Guzman announced plans to introduce a bill in the Virginia legislature where parents could face a felony or a misdemeanor charge if they do not affirm their child's sexual orientation and or gender identity. It's on now, isn't it? This is for all of you out there who said it was just kooky places like California and some private schools in New York. It's not going to happen in middle America. It's happening. It's happening. And no, 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 no. Do not think that, oh, well, that'll never happen. That's not the point. It's already gone too far. What do, what do you mean it's already gone too far? She hasn't even written a bill. She feels comfortable saying this. Look at that. Stop and think about that. This woman, an elected representative, is comfortable telling the press that she thinks it's good to write a bill to charge parents with a felony if they do not poison and mutilate their children. That's how insane American culture is in 2022. It's already out of hand. The horse is already out of the barn. Bill not necessary. She wants to write a bill that will give the state ownership of your children. Your children's biological and psychological distinctiveness will be erased. They will adapt to service mommy. Let's get a better feel for what kind of politician Ms. Guzman is. Quote, according to her website, Elizabeth was inspired by Bernie Sanders's call for everyday people to run for office, a decision that was cemented when Hillary Clinton lost, and Elizabeth's nine-year-old son said the family had to return to Peru, quote, because Donald Trump doesn't like people who speak Spanish. And that son was Albert Einstein. <laughs> you see it, right? You see it. <laughs> Her son is a Gucci bag, not a child. It's an accessory, not a person. Quote, Guzman claims the bill she plans to introduce would help protect LGBTQ children from their parents and guardians who are not affirming of their child's sexual orientation and gender identity. Furthermore, do you, you see, I'm breaking out of the quote here, you see that how they've mashed it together. This is why us, us gay people are so freaking angry. Be force teaming, they've mashed themselves together with us. I'm a homosexual. I'm not a queer I, I don't have dissociative identity disorder. I don't believe I'm a woman. I'm not a freak, okay? I'm just a homosexual. Back to the quote. Further, the bill would expand the state's definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents who do not affirm their child's gender identity or sexual orientation. How many times do I have to quote Isaiah 520? Woe unto him who substitutes dark for light and bitter for sweet. They're going to change the definition of child abuse 180 degrees to its opposite. They're going to make it an antonym. Child abuse will now be failing to cut off the scrotum, failing to slice open the penis and invert it, failing to sterilize the child and take away her ability to have children permanently by age 13 through drugs like Lupron followed by testosterone, failing to mutilate the child will be defined as abuse. Cluster B, narcissistic reversal. This is, this is Satan. This is what the devil does. This is the devil talking. Don't have to be a believer. The metaphor works. More. Here's a Q&A with a reporter that I'm going to put up on the screen. So the reporter asks, 
What could be the penalties if the investigation concludes that a parent is not affirming of their LGBTQ child? What could the consequences be? Guzman answers. Well, we first have to complete an investigation. It could be a felony. It could be a misdemeanor. But we know that CPS, Child Protective Services, charge that a CPS charge could harm your employment, could harm their education, because nowadays many people do a CPS database search before offering employment. I'm just saying, just saying, so you know, it could harm your employment. It could harm your children's education. Nowadays, many employers look at your child protective services record before they decide whether to offer you a job. Hey, mom, awfully nice reputation. Really cute kid you got there. Be a shame if anything happened to him. Evil is staring us right in our faces. Boldly, brazenly. What can we do? What do we do about this? We talk about it. We talk about it like we talk about it on this show, like the way you, my audience, thank you very much, talks about it in the YouTube comments, talks about it in the Discord, talks to your friends about it. We've had some really great, what people are calling white pill stories lately, stories of hope. Uh, that have been shared in our Discord of people reaching out to family and friends and having that really hard conversation about hard left politics or about trans or about, uh, you know, whatever other bugbear it is, um, and actually getting through to people. It's, it's hard work, and the victories sometimes are thin on the ground, but they do happen. That's what we do. But we can also follow the example of a real stand-up woman and a real mother, a real adult, a full grown-up with common sense, with morals, and with guts, a woman, a mother, like this one from the meeting of the Encinitas, California School Board. I just wanna know what it is uh, that makes a drag show family friendly, because if you follow it to its logical conclusion, you can slap family-friendly titles on anything. You can have family-friendly gentlemen's clubs, family-friendly strip shows, family-friendly Fifty Shades of Grey read-alouds. Will you appro approve my flyer if I want to host in all the sex secrets of the Kama Sutra for kids and families, if it's family-friendly? That's my question. Wow. Wow. Uh, what is it about a grown man, and I honestly, sincerely, as a woman, mean this. What is it about a grown man costumed in a sparkly bra with augmented boobs busting out a leather miniskirt barely covering his twerking ass with tuck tape on his front while spreading his fish netted legs as he writhes on the ground grinding his groin next to a minor family friendly you owe us an answer and you know you don't get to hide by just taking something down off peach tree and calling it a day you owe an explanation and an apology problem with child porn, with sex trafficking, you, a little school district board of adults, made the decision to feature an event to hypersexualize young children. Do you want to know that the word that defines that? It's groomer. You all played the activist pimp for an aligned surgical center and for a 21 plus gay bar. It makes you groomers and activist pimps and we won't have those sitting on a school board who oversees the education of our children. You all stepped out of line. You should be ashamed. There's nothing loving. There's nothing that's unite and include because the logical conclusion of that is you end up in diabolical evil. There are boundaries and you don't slap family friendly titles on stuff to cover your ass. Last week I showed you Matt Walsh pushing back like a man, like a dad. This lady is pushing back like a woman, like a mom. This is a real mama bear. Do as she does. 
and to all the women and mothers out there that I've spoken to lately who are fighting to protect their children from medical rape and mutilation, and to the dads, thank you. You have every bit of my support, all of my thanks. Bless you. I will fight with you. That's the show. See you next week. There's a new perk for disaffected subscribers, and it's a good one. Patreon and Subscribestar donors, as well as PayPal donors, now have instant access to our backstage Discord server. Join multiple topic-based chat rooms and 24-7 open voice chat, and even virtual events on a main stage for hosted conversations and backstage podcast recording sessions. It's not Twitter, and you don't have to pretend Bruce Jenner's vagina is real. Sign up today. The days of Disaffected on Twitter are over, but you can still follow and interact with us on several alternative social media platforms. Find us on Getter, at DisaffectedPod. Follow us on Truth Social, at Disaffected. You can also find us on Parlor, at DisaffectedPod. Well, we all know it won't last long, but let's have a little fun while we still can. Follow our TikTok account and get neck deep in the insanity with us. You can find us on TikTok as Disaffected P.